Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Discover stunning scenery and local attractions as you explore New Zealand. Plan your trip today. Live on SEN. Welcome to Trail Towns with Dietz and Vandy. That's right. Discover stunning scenery and local attractions as you explore New Zealand. Plan your trip today. Live on SEN. Welcome to Trail Towns with Dietz and Vandy. That's right. Welcome to Trail Towns with Vandy and Deets, brought to you by 100% Pure New Zealand. It's only the purest of New Zealand that we like to work with, Vandy. It sounded like the intro was so nice, we ran it twice. We are so nice. Vandy, we're being broadcast all over Australia and New Zealand. That's actually not true. We're actually being broadcast all over the world. Are we? Oh, yes, yes, on the SEN app. That's right. So if you miss our show and you have a friend in the Netherlands or in where your family's from, or my family, Germany, Mm. you can actually tell them to pick up Trail Towns podcast. And they can get, you know, lots of information about cycle tourism. We have the uh, Cycle Tourism TV show, which is on SBS, and you can watch it on demand right now. It's it's an amazing show. Do you know um, the awards that we won on that first season? They're still yet to arrive? Yes, we didn't get any. <laughs> but we were noted. We were noted. We were not the show was not. Yes, we've got the new show, the new season in New Zealand, six episodes in New Zealand, debuting in three weeks, Fandy. Yes, we went over to New Zealand at the tail end of the last few lockdowns and we had a month and a half filming six episodes and we've been working our little butts off to get it edited and ready for delivery in conjunction with the Tour de France. Oh, and it's going to be ama- it is actually looking terrific and if you like New Zealand you're going to love this show and if you don't know much about riding and having a holiday on a bike in New Zealand you watch this series cuz you will it was so much fun like seriously. Yes. And because we are live you can text in at any time. Yes, and we want that, don't we? We do and we'll also field some calls potentially later in the show and that'll be quite fun and I've also recommended people download the download the SEN app and then they can just text in by the click of a button. That's right. But if you want to call, if you want to do it old school, if you want to use your digits, it's one 736 736 or you can text, which is 0433-98-1116. And uh, this show, this tonight's going to be a very big show. They've moved us to prime time. Have you noticed that, Fandy? I know, one week at nine o'clock and now we're at 7.30. We're moving up in the world. We are so hot right now. And, and we'll what? be chatting Auckland, which is uh, the first episode we'll be airing on the 2nd of July. And we'll get uh, a very special guest, Byron Scott, the uh, owner of 440 Mountain Bike Park. And I think he also has a trail building company. He does. We're going to get the marvellous, magnificent Mike Tomolaris on again as our uh, usual guest. He's our man in Europe. 
and we'll hopefully get Jamo back for more than about 30 seconds. I mean, he does talk a lot of rubbish, but uh, we'll give him a bit more of uh, breathing room this week. We will. We actually got that excited with last week's show. We ran out of time, so we're not going to do that this week. We'll also be doing some talk back. We really want to talk to you. So the numbers, as we said a moment ago, give us a call, one 736 736 or you can text us on zero four double three. 98 11 16. Yeah, baby. <laughs> now, what else have we got here, Vandy? What else do we have? We've got news and updates. So we would actually like people to send in their news and updates about trails. So you can uh, direct messages on our social media, so on Facebook or Instagram, or if you're a bit more old school, Deet's recommended email, which is hello at trailtowns.tv. You type it in to this sort of machine, it's called a computer, Andy. <laughs> it's actually a really good buddy. Yes, yeah, so we want to know what's going on in your region. We want to understand the trails that have been built, the stuff that's happening for bicycle tourism, because bicycle tourism for this summer coming up, and it's pretty cold right now, but this summer is going to be so so huge. So an example of some news is Omeo, which is about five hours from Melbourne in Gippsland region on the backside of Mount Hotham. They have just started building the first phase of proper mountain bike trails. So there's 60 kilometres getting built over the winter and summer. And then they've also got approval for 120 kilometres of mountain bike trails in Omeo. So there's amazing trails going to be built there, and it's going to be a new trail town destination. It's happening all over Australia and New Zealand. We want to hear from you what's happening in your region. So do let us know on all the socials and on hello at trailtowns.tv if you like email. Um, <laughs> if you like email. Something happened to me on Saturday there, Vandy. I know. Deets, congratulations. Oh, you I and know. Jane got married. We got married Saturday, and it was just Fantastic. It, it was really, fun. I know. I know. I've had a two-day honeymoon. It was just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Quite an intimate affair, which was just lovely. Yes, it was lovely. And uh, you you were you were amazing on the uh, dance floor uh, at the end there, Fanti. You were just absolutely yeah, ripping it I up. Yeah, I think uh, we made it into a party when uh, I smashed a glass of sparkling at the end there. Yes, you certainly <laughs> did. You certainly did. What else is happening, Vandy? Well, the snow is here in the mountains. It's freezing cold. And we're going to talk a bit about trying to ride through winter later in the show. So that's a, a very hot topic uh, in cold weather. And the Shifty 50, what is that? The Shifty 50, it's a 50-kilometre mountain bike event. And I just think getting involved in events, especially local events, that is the perfect way to keep motivated during winter. So that's in Castlemaine this weekend, but I won't be doing that. I'll be doing a 175-kilometre gravel ride from Benella to Bright, and uh, we'll be uh, with the Ride High Country crew and a bunch of other gravel riders, and it's going to be dawn till dusk riding gravel bikes. And I haven't ridden that far in a very long time, so it should be a big mission. So I'll be able to report back on that next week. When does the fun start on that one? The fun? The whole day is going to be fun, <laughs> but I just need to make sure I've got the right clothes because that's probably one of the big tips for winter. I went out today, by the way, for a ride, and it was so cold. Although it was sunny and it was beautiful and I got completely covered in mud and I went out for about an hour and a half. And I reckon that was my limit. That yeah. was just, <laughs> just about right for me. No, you don't want to be out there too long. No, you don't. Well, look, right after this, we're going to be chatting to Byron from 440 Mountain Bike Park and 
with 100% pure New Zealand on our brains, you're going to find out what's happening in Auckland because it is a great city and you're going to find out why right after this, Vandy. Yes, you're listening to Trail Towns Radio with Vandy and Dietz. Discover stunning scenery and local attractions as you explore New Zealand. Plan your trip today. Live on SEN, Trail Towns with Dietz and Vandy. It sure is. Here we are, Vandy. I've got the great man across the way from me there, Vandy. Auckland and the regions around Auckland. So the first episode we did in the second season of Trail Towns, which is coming up in SBS in three weeks, we checked out Auckland and wow. Tell us about it. What did you think? Yes, Auckland. It's a place that people fly into for business. It's the biggest city or town in New Zealand. And there's some fantastic riding around there. Like it's it's a good place to base yourself when you're when you're heading into New Zealand and check out uh, all of the great food scene. It's got heaps of amazing cycleways. They've got one cycleway called the Pink Pathway, and I've never seen anything like it. It's sort of takes you through the middle of all these highways and straight into the centre of Auckland, and it's completely safe. We do the episodes, we film them like you do a holiday. We we sort of know what we want to do, but we actually don't know what we're doing before we do it. So when you hear us talk on the show, it's like really what we experience. So we started this episode at the museum, at the top of this beautiful hill overlooking the whole of Auckland and you can see the amazing harbour. Now, I've been to Auckland a lot, um, different jobs, different times, whatnot, and I've never experienced Auckland. I just fly in, I do what I need to do, and I go. And And this time we got to actually explore it, and it is so true. The city has got so much going for it. It's so beautiful. So firstly, the art is all over this city, and you can get you can access all of it it's, by riding a bike. A, it's like a street art mecca. It really, really is. And that that pink um, pathway, which sort of runs next to a motorway, my goodness, what a way to see the city. Or down on the waterfront, it's got this hustling, bustling cafe scene. We uh, went and stopped in and saw Peter Gordon, like a celebrity chef, and he has these famous Three cheese scones. <laughs> and we had a few of them. No, we did. That that whole waterfront area, the other thing I didn't know about Auckland, and again, we rode this whole city, so we got a couple of bikes. You can just hire these bikes. Like you can hire scooters, actually, too, like you can in most cities now. But we hired the bikes. We rolled around the city. We, we, we The CBD, which is this great sort of shopping precinct, is one block from the, from the, from the harbour. Like literally right there, and I had no idea of that either. And that's the other thing that people do in Auckland. They use the ferries. So they go from the centre of town, jump on a ferry, and you go to an island like we went to Waiheke Island, and that place is just perfect for e-bikes. So it's, yeah, it's amazing. Well, I think we're going to have Byron from 440, who's going to be chatting to us about this a bit further, because he is the expert. Byron owns 440 Mountain Bike Park. You there, Byron? I am Deets. How are you going, Paul and Deets? Yes. Hello, Byron. We were uh, holding off for the uh, the hidden gems of Auckland uh, while we got you on the line. Yeah, no, happy to chat to you guys about it. You guys recovered from your, your trip down under, not too shell-shocked from all the amazing trails you've ridden. Oh, I, I am, I'm still actually <laughs> having a couple of Panadols every two or three hours to get over the pain of falling at your mountain bike park. <laughs> 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 I had a bit of an endo there, which yeah, is on you... the show. You'll see that on the show. 
Yeah, we've got some photographic evidence of uh, Dietz's misendeavours there. It was, right. it was some mountain bike park. We were just chatting then, Byron, about Auckland. Tell us from your perspective as a local about the cycling for people, families and and couples. And, and you know, you've got a hardcore mountain bike park. Well, it's not that hardcore. Actually, you've got great sort of green trails as well. But the riding in Auckland really blew me away. Yeah, no, the city's, um, it's really getting there as far as cycleways go. We've got a lot of connections now in the in the city to, you know, connect up the central town with the outer suburbs, which is, it's, it's really been needed for a long time now. So that's really cool. And now there's more and more mountain bike parks popping up um, around the central Auckland and the urban kind of areas. There's a lot of small sort of biking spots you can go to, pump tracks. There's a heap of schools now putting in bike trails. So yeah, there's, it's really become a bit of a, Bit of a hub for biking, yeah. It's pretty cool. So, Byron, um, 440 mm. Mountain Bike Park, which we had the absolute pleasure and delight of riding. It's um, it's only an hour away, and it's is it in the Hanua Ranges? Is that what you would describe it as? Just off the coast there? Yeah, you would do. It's on the back side of the Hanua Ranges. So, the Hanua Ranges itself is a is a Auckland Council reserve. We're on the back side of that in a commercial pine forest. So, yeah, it is essentially in the Hanuas, but just slightly off the native bush side of it. So facing out onto the Firth of Thames, Thames looking over the um, the islands and out onto the Gulf there. Yeah. And out onto the Coromandel, which is, if you haven't yeah. been to Auckland or if you've been to Auckland, but you don't quite know the geography we're talking about. So the drive to 440, after we had this amazing time, we'll talk about Waiheke Island with you in a minute, Byron, but the drive to 440, your mountain bike park, which is 440 metres above sea level and it's got 430 three vertical is that right yeah around 380 vertical descent from the from where the shuttle drops you to the base if you if you shut if you're riding from the very high point where we took you to the seat you get about 420 meters of vertical descent yeah so yeah it's pretty good vertical descent for for Auckland for sure so, so I love the journey right so the drive to 440 was some of the most beautiful countryside this is just it's a one hour sort of snip across and you're in your place from downtown Auckland just the drive itself that cool little funky town and the brewery what was that town Byron that we stopped in yeah that's uh yeah the whole coastline along the yeah that's Clevedon you would have passed through that's a really cool little rural town there's a couple of really cool cafes there and um yeah a really cool little brewery called Halitau which we sampled a couple of veils at after our ride um, yeah, it's a really nice coastline. Not a pe- lot of people explore that side of Auckland, um, going sort of southeast from Auckland. They normally hit the motorway and miss that whole coast. So um, there's also kayak trails and other things you can do in the area. And it's re- yeah, it's really beautiful and untouched. Yeah. And uh, I mean, for those who don't know anything about it, tell us a bit about 440, the mountain bike park. Yeah, so obviously, like Deep said, it's named after the vertical elevation of the hill. So it sits 440 vertical metres above sea level. So it's got some pretty awesome views up there of the uh, Hauraki Gulf. Um, but yeah, it's mainly focused around gravity riding because in Auckland, most most trails we have here are cross-country focused. So about 10 years ago, I thought, hey, it's about time we had something that you know we could shuttle to the top and was perhaps more adrenaline focused i guess you could say so yeah it's all about the shuttles there really we do have an uphill trail um but people in it is re- more renowned to be known for a gravity park so yeah that's kind of what it's all said about yeah i was uh i was chasing vandy down these runs and uh yes i did have a little bit of a mishap but uh, anyway 
the, <laughs> the the variety of trails you have at 440, and I want our listeners who love riding mountain bikes but also like doing other stuff as well to know that you you would have to be mental. You have to be crazy in the head not to go to 440 if you come to Auckland. It is that good. The trails are kind of old school, off Cambry, Rudy Nali, right down to the most beautiful flow trails. Explain to me what you've got there. Yeah, well, uh, man, thanks. I think you knocked it on the head there pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we've tried to create there. Look, we've we've had, um, I've got my own trailboarding company, Trail Pro. We've had a lot of different guys over the years come and go, and they've built us different um, sorts of trail with different flavours, you know. Like, it's never been one person building the entire park. And I think that's been the key is to try and, you know, really um, have a good mixture of trails because, as you guys know, mountain biking is pretty subjective and, you, not everyone likes a flow trail and not everyone likes a technical sort of rooty gnarly trail. So we've tried to kind of have a really good spread and, and keep those original kind of goat lines that are, um, you know, people can really appreciate from riding a mountain bike in the 90s and then we've gone right through to the full-on machine-built flow trails. So, yeah, I think we've got a pretty good spread there of tracks, yeah. Yeah, we were pretty surprised, actually. We did a couple of runs, and then um, you sent us over the back, and we were like, now, Byron, this is what we live for. So it's very subjective. What some person, some people hate, others absolutely love. Totally. And, and Yeah, yeah, no, I, it's good that you can appreciate that stuff. And the best trails when you're riding, and you're not a, you know, an excellent mountain biker, but you're good. You're like, you, you, there's no surprises. That's the thing I loved about it. There was no nasty surprises that would somehow, you know, almost like snipe you. You'd be thinking, boy, how did that get there? It was just like you could trust the trail. And I think that's really important when you are, you're not a world champion like Vandy is and you're just a dude like me who just like riding a bike. You can go there and really feel confident and fun without getting that sort of, you know, we're going to come home out of this one. Although I did have a little crash, but it was no big deal. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was right error. Yeah, I guess, I guess right it's error. important. <laughs> I guess it's important. Like, I guess you do get that kind of trial when, when trials are perhaps a bit more rogue built. You know, they're just in the in the back backyards of someone's forest. You know, they live, live by a small community. And, and you know, it's community built trials. People tend to build stuff that's maybe a little, you know, can take you by surprise. So, I guess we have tried to build things professionally. So, you know, when you enter a grade four trail, it is a grade four trail the whole way down. And same when you enter a grade two trail. And I think that's really important um, when you're constructing a trail that you do do have that consistency. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's what we've tried to maintain. Mm. Well, we cannot wait to show our viewers your mountain bike park and the Auckland region in New Zealand. It's uh, it's exciting that it's almost about to happen. So thank you so I, much. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Byron, and uh, we'll chat to you no, soon. Thanks, guys. We'll see you, see you a bit thanks later, mate. Thanks Paul. <laughs> Cheers. See ya. You're with Vandy and Dietz. And, yes, we are doing so much talkback coming up soon, so do give us a call. We really encourage that, Vandy, don't we? We uh, like the number, which is 1300 736 736 to call us on, or 0433981116. Yes. Well, coming right up, we have our great friend and friend to us, Mike Tomolaris, our man in Europe. He's on the line right now. 
Hello, Dietz. Hello, Vandy. Good to be with you again. <laughs> well, we call him our man in Europe because he will be in Europe. You're not in Europe yet, are you, Mike? I'm not in Europe yet, but I'm looking forward to jumping on a plane in the next few weeks and uh, um, taking on my new role, my new uh, vocation, and that is uh, being a tour guide for a cycling group, uh, for a cycling company which hosts groups from people from all over the world and we're taking on the roads of the Tour de France and then later in the year uh, when the Tour of Spain is on I'll be back there doing the same sort of thing so looking forward to that you're doing it with bike style tours and Adam Gill now I think we've got Adam with us today as well Adam Adam you there mate no Adam's not there <laughs> Well, we have Mike, we which have is good. Mike. <laughs> yes. You've got me. Ah, uh, well, we'll wait for Adam to come. Mike, um, the trips to Europe. We talk about trail towns. We talk about trail towns holidays, and and you know, I am so wanting to go and do one of these trips that you're doing. Um, roughly speaking, what happens on them? Look, at a time when uh, tour groups, uh, cycling tour groups to Europe and really all over the planet, uh, is big business. It's so competitive right now. I- taking people to different parts of the world for different cycling experiences. I'm with Bike Style Tours in 2022, and Bike Style Tours have been around for more than 20 years. And from my experience, from, from talking to people, they're telling me they keep going back, and they keep going back for a good reason, because it's professionally run. And it's a shame that Adam isn't on the line. Let's hope he is, because Adam Gill is the boss of uh, Bike Style Tours. He signed me up and said, look, Tomo, we want you there. You've got a bit of a sense of humour. You know how to ride a bike. You know how to look after people. You've got some stories to tell about your Tour de France career. It's the perfect marriage. It's the marriage just made in cycling heaven. So I haven't done it before. I don't exactly know what I'll be doing. All I know is I'm going to be Mike Tomolaris for three one-week tours, the first being in the uh, Alps uh, for seven days, the second being in the Pyrenees for seven days. We'll catch the TGV uh, from the base of the Pyrenees Mountains into Paris to watch the men come home in the Tour de France for the Champs- on the Champs-Élysées. And then in the uh, third of my one-week tours, we'll be following the women, the, uh, the, the Tour de Femme, the inaugural women's Tour de France. And I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we'll be following the ladies for seven days. So it's, it's on for young and old. And I'll be there looking after approximately 30 guests on each of the tours. So that's around 90 people. Um, and I'll just be me, riding a bike, telling jokes. Look, I'll even uh, juggle steak knives whilst uh, riding a, 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 what do you call them, a monowheel, if you want. <laughs> unicycle. Yes. A um, unicycle, yeah. We may actually have Adam on the line now, which would be good. Are you there, Adam? Yeah, good evening, boys. How are you? Very good. Now, you were hearing uh, Mike talking about uh, him taking people on tours, but I feel like you're heavily involved in this as well. Yeah, he's uh, definitely selling the dream there. <laughs> now, um, I haven't been on a organised tour like that. Uh, what you guys have, and I could see it being a really awesome thing because obviously you take away the stress of having to book hotels and do all the transfer transfers. And I'm assuming you provide bikes to the, to the guests on the tour. So tell us a yeah, bit absolutely. about the experience. So obviously the Tour de France is one of those sporting icons and particularly for cyclists, it's just one of those amazing things to go and experience. Um, you know, there's a 
tour is really hard to get a concept of how big it actually is over there in terms of logistics. I mean, they'll close a 180-kilometer section of road. So the planning, we probably spent about six months planning a a trip. Um, Basically, people turn up day one at the airport, we pick them up, and then uh, we take them off. It could be anything from a seven-day trip up to our longest one is 25 days. But But in general, we'll go and see a race start one day, a race finish, we'll go to a feed zone, one of the mountain passes, and then obviously you're in the Alps and the Pyrenees and some of the other great parts of France, just go and do some fantastic rides, knock off those aquatic climbs. And uh, I'm assuming you know the best places to go for dinner and restaurants and other experiences along the way as well after doing it for so many years? Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's one of the more important, big relationships are important. So we've been going 26 years, so... You know, some of the hotels give us the inside word on when the tour is going and, and things like that. But we've got some fantastic partnerships over there with bus company we use, the hotels and eating the regional food. And um, a lot of the hotels are pretty good in, in looking after you. And then if uh, they can't give you a, a nice meal, they'll definitely point you in the right direction. Sounds like you need to be fit to do one of these things. How important is one's, uh, one's condition? We've... One of the most people ring up and say the first words out of their mouth is I'm not an elite cyclist, and we always say to them, Dorian, that's only a small portion. So we like to say the trip's a cycling holiday, not a training camp. So we'll generally offer two trip, two rides a day, like either a long and a short ride option. So, but we've definitely got challenging rides for those who want to challenge themselves, and then we've got some easier options. But on those iconic days where you're doing something like an outdoors or a Vontu, we'll sort of head away from the race, and um, whether someone takes you know, an hour to get up outdoors or three hours. It's one of those um, bucket lists that tick off. So we always try and make that a special day. It's it's uh, it's one of the things I really, really would love to do one day. One of the th- other things I'm quite interested in doing and learning about is is the other sort of types of riding. Do you do anything like that in your, with, with yours uh, tours or do you have experience with maybe some mountain bikes mixed with some road, mixed with some perhaps some gravel even? We've been starting to do some gravel trips in Australia. Obviously, during COVID, we couldn't head overseas. Um, so we started looking at doing some gravel stuff. One of the challenges was, obviously, as you boys know, with travelling was uh, all the borders stayed closed. But there's a few really good areas um, around Provence that you can do some gravel trips. Um, mountain biking, we generally like to stay away from that because people generally go unstuck a little bit. It's a long <laughs> way from home to, <laughs> if you're cartwheeling down a trail. But... Um, you know, we, we, we visit some fantastic spots, whether it's around a race or away from the race. We, we've had some guests who've done 14 trips with us. So they always come up with some weird or wonderful ideas and things. Listen, can we go and try this new area? We'll, we'll give that a go. A bit like yourselves, you're going to start exploring some new spots. Mike, and uh, Pete, uh, yeah, I was going to oh, say... Well, I just want to ask, uh, I want to ask Adam, uh, what has he got in store for me? Because <laughs> I haven't done this sort of thing before. And I'm just curious to know what I'm doing. Am I cleaning dishes in the kitchen of the <laughs> restaurants that we're dining at, Adam, or what? I've, uh, I've got my notes here. I've got uh, washing bikes, particularly after a rainy day, uh, laundry, <laughs> um, free massage yeah. service. So a, a bit like right. a 20, but it doesn't get paid anywhere near as much. Oh, sounds terrific. <laughs> Where do I sign that's up? Why it's called, that's why it's called the Mike Comolara Signature Tour. Oh, it sounds yeah, good. that's right. So how do, how do we find out about more? How do we book a tour? And, uh, you know, I might get on that myself, I think, Vandy. Jump on the bikes.tours.com. Uh, we've got a few spots left for the Tour de France. We've got a few spots left for Tour of Spain, the Volta, which is a, another fantastic uh, ride. Um, 
but jump on the website. We've got heaps of trips, and obviously we're already starting to plan in 2023. So absolutely, heaps it's, of good riding. Sounds like a fantastic way to go and check out uh, the other side of the world. Well, thank you, Adam and Mike, for jumping on. Pleasure, Pleasure, boys. And I just want to say, I just want to say uh, regarding BikeStyleTours.com, we also do cater for non-riding partners. So uh, I'll be in a position exactly. where I'll be riding on a, on a bike on one particular day and sightseeing, visiting vineyards and restaurants on the alternate day for the non-riding partners. So I've got the best of both worlds. Oh, yeah. You don't want to get too tuckered out, Mike. Yeah, take it easy. Do some <laughs> exactly. <wineries. laughs> uh, thanks, gentlemen. You're on Trail Towns with Vandy and Dietz. Discover stunning scenery and local attractions as you explore New Zealand. Plan your trip today. Live on SEN, Trail Towns with Deets and Vandy. That's right, Deeds. This is Trail Towns Radio brought to you by 100% Pure New Zealand. It sure is, Vandy. We're going to have a little bit of a, a dial-in section. Now, people can call in and ask Vandy a question. Now, Vandy... One of the things which we all have to deal with right now, we've got a text right here which is asking, do cyclists still put newspapers under their lycra when it's cold? And it is cold. So we're going to ask you a couple of questions about no, what do you well, do was, when it's cold? I was meant to read that when Mike Tomolaris was on the line. That was um, pretty specific about uh, the Grand Tour riders at the top of the Alps. They used to stuff newspaper down their, um, their jerseys because it's a good wind block. But I haven't seen them do it for years. They might still do it, though. I'll have to look out when the tour is on and um, get the answer there. Well, you never know. But if you do have a question for Vandy, anything at all, Vandy is a world champion mountain bike rider and uh, knows a bunch of stuff. Call on 1300 736 736 or you can text us on 0433 98 116. Now, Vandy, it is cold. I got cold and wet and muddy today. What are the tips for people to get out and have a ride? Well, I actually also went out riding today and I was on the Warburton Rail Trail with Chloe and we had a fantastic ride. Well, I think the main thing is you have to wear a lot of clothes because when you're cycling, unlike running or going for a walk, there's a wind chill factor that you need to contend with. So you need like a rain jacket or something that's got some wind barrier. So I just had a lightweight jacket on because it wasn't raining, but the wind chill could be a bit of a factor with the upper body being quite stationary. And then uh, I gave glo- I gave Chloe, I gave Chloe my gloves, so I had cold hands, but gloves are very handy as well as um those old cycling caps are still around. They're quite handy to keep the head warm because, as we all know, when we were little kids in school, they'd say, put a hat or a beanie on in winter because you lose a lot of heat out of the top of your head. So there's a few key things, and I'd say clothing. And also, uh, when you're in winter, you burn more energy because you're trying to keep your body warm. So you need to be able to have snacks like a muesli bar in your back pocket or an energy gel if you're really in trouble. So there's a few really key things there. You uh, used to race professionally, still actually kind of do. What was the coldest you ever been on a bike? Oh, uh, I think in 2008, we were coming down the famous Italian mountain, the, the Motorola, and I was wearing booties, winter gloves, windstopper jacket, and I was training with uh, Dan McConnell and Lockie Norris, and we were so cold descending down, we had to stop on the side of the road and do star jumps. And doing star jumps in carbon cycling shoes is quite the challenge. Well, we've got a caller on the line here, Gary from Ivanhoe. Gary, 
What do you got for us? Uh, g'day, guys. How are you? We're terrific. Is that Gaza? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I was, uh, Vandy, I was just wondering what your most challenging race over the years has been and the most challenging competition. Oh, fantastic question. It's hard to say. Uh, I think... It's funny because when you're having a good race, it feels easy. And when you're having a bad race, that's when it really gets tough because you're just suffering the death of a thousand paper cuts out there. So the more challenging races are probably the ones where you've gone really badly. Um, I did a mountain bike race in the Otways. It was called the Otway 300. And uh, we did 170 kilometers of racing on the first day and 130 on the second. And the first day I was just... Yeah, I mean, it was out there for five or six hours. So I think just keeping enough food and, and, and staying focused for that amount of time, that was probably the biggest challenge, and that was a, a big day. Oh, good tips, good tips. Thanks, boys. <laughs> what about on the road when we're doing the show? What was the toughest day you had in New Zealand? Oh, great question. I think... The days when we didn't know what day it was. Because for those people who don't know, when you're filming, sometimes it's not in order. So you have to wear different outfits. And maybe one of the Queenstown Wanaka days, we had to change outfits like four or five times. So uh, they try and get you to do the continuity, which is uh, make it uh, make sense in the edit. And I know that Dietz always struggles with the outfits as well. Oh, I think fashion is one of the most important things. I've got a couple of questions here. Can you get a tandem mountain bike for a toddler for twin boys? Oh, uh, well, we actually had a twin baby trailer from Thule in Canberra. That was quite fantastic. My brothers used it with uh, Tommy and Isaac, my nephews, and uh, they they loved it. It was actually quite um, soothing for the boys. They were having a, a rough morning and they were crying all morning and they got in the Thule trailer and then they were fast asleep. But there's also these other ones when the babies get a little bit bigger, like the kids ride shotgun. And I know I was talking to Mick from Flo the other day and he takes his little little daughter Sophia out mountain biking and she's big enough that she can hold on to the handlebar grips and then they have a little seat on the top tube. Have you seen those? Yeah, I have. And they just seem like the best thing when you can go out and go on these adventures and uh, be completely safe because you're in between your parents' arms. Well, I've got two little girls. Well, they're not too little anymore, but I reckon the best fun I ever had on a bike was when I had two of them in the back of a little trailer, little Tula trailers, a little chariot, same thing. It's a few years ago now. And it was the most fun I ever have had on a bike. It Did was you have beautiful. Elka and Hannah. Yeah. yeah. Elka and Hannah were both in there and they used to fall asleep and it was wonderful. It's actually a good workout too because there's no motor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably the new thing. Now that the e-bike has been invented, you can use the uh, e-bike to make the dragging of the trailer a lot easier because previously, before e-bikes, it was really, you had to be quite fit to be able to take two babies in a trailer, whereas now you've got the assistance of the the motor and you can go on these all-day adventures and uh, actually still have the energy to play with the kids when you get to the playground. We've got a text here which asks, Vandy, how do I transport an e-mountain bike on the roof of my car. Oh, on the roof. Well, you don't. I don't I don't know if that's a safe way to transport an e-mountain bike. I would say the best way to transport an e-mountain bike is on a rack on the back because uh, 
I'm not very strong. So lifting a 28 kilo mountain bike and then also having to put it into the on the roof harness is quite the challenge. And I don't think uh, Chloe would enjoy doing that either or anyone really. So the back rack is the key when you've got uh, an e-bike. Uh, and that's, that's, my, that's my big tip for that. Absolutely right. Now, night time for riding right now. Um, I, you know, I knock off work. It's night. Go for a ride. If you don't have good lights, you, you're done. Tell us about lights and oh, mountain bikes. Also, um, your vision's not as good as it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> so you definitely need good light. That's Are true. you um, You just got your lights repaired and then you got them back in the mail and then I um, couldn't see out of one eye for a while because you blasted me with it like a big child. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think you use the exposure lights. They're just like a cable-free design, so they attach to the handlebars. And back when I first started riding at night, there was – um, the battery was the size of a drink bottle and you wouldn't have a drink bottle anymore because the battery was so big and then there'd be cables going everywhere. But now it's all cable-free designs for the good lights like exposure and they just go on the handlebar and they're smaller than a than a Red Bull can and they have so much lumen. How many lumens are in your lights? Um, well, when I've got it set up, a lot. <laughs> thousands of lumens. <laughs> you would many. have a few thousand lumens of light. Like oh, yeah. It would be essentially like you're riding in um, daytime but with these weird shadows. I love riding at night actually because it's like you're going into a completely different world. So you ride during the day, during summer, and then at night in winter it's just like – yeah, you get transformed into this uh, totally different world and it's it's really enjoyable. It is, but you need to ride more slowly. little tip from me again, ride more slowly <laughs> because last year, well, the reason my lights are broken is that last year the three biggest crashes I had were all at night and all just riding way too fast. Yes, well, I mean, when your enthusiasm, enthusiasm doesn't match your ability, then you're going to crash. So, yeah, you have to really take it a bit cautious and especially you're not racing like you're out there just having a bit of fun in the bush, so probably just take it a bit more easy. I think that's the thing with um, when I was when I was riding a little bit uh, in the past. I'd be riding to get fit in winter, and and it would is a bit easier because you're just going up and down hills. But then I got this e mountain bike, which means that I can ride a lot more quickly, and I kind of feel really fit. Mm. So I ride far too quickly, and then I get into some trouble. So note to all: do not. Do what I do. That's a bad idea. We've also got a text uh, for a bit of a tip for winter riding. Uh, I found that an Italian alcoholic drink called Grappa has 50% alcohol, so it helped me stay warm in the Alps. I remember having Grappa at a friend's house many years ago. His grandfather gave it to me, and I went in with a quite a sore throat, and I left the party with an out of sore throat. Well, uh, I wouldn't recommend drinking Grappa and riding, and I think it was proven... Uh, by science, that drinking alcohol actually is bad for your your warmth of your body. So, yeah, maybe just put a jacket on. That'll help you stay warm in the Alps. And with that little gem of information, we'll be right up after this break with Jamo for his Tales from the Bench. You're listening to Trail Towns Radio. Discover stunning scenery and local attractions as you explore New Zealand. Plan your trip today. Live on SEN, Trail Towns with Dietz and Vandy. Oh, Vandy, I've got a couple of questions and I'm really going to nail you down on these ones. Number one, are you dreaming of a, dreaming of a place filled with snow-capped mountains, friendly dolphins, glistening glacial lakes and delicious kai, which is food in Māori? Am I dreaming of it? Yeah. Of course I'm dreaming of it. That sounds amazing. Oh, right. 
about, uh, I think you're dreaming of New Zealand or Aotearoa. Oh, I thought it sounded familiar. I was just there. We made our dreams a reality and it's time others did. What do you yes, think? Yes. I mean, I've been dreaming of it ever since, to be honest. I can't get it out of my dreams. Fandy, I want you to go and immerse yourself in a place that's full of dreamlike places with epic people to match. And they are epic, they honestly. That's <laughs> the most wonderful people you would ever want. Ropata. If you think Aussies are chill, go yeah. to New Zealand. That's where the real chillers are. We need to get Ropata from the Twin Coast Cycle Trail on. I think maybe oh, we'll next have week. To. He's such a legend. Oh, such a dude. So, Vandy, one more question. What are you waiting for? I'm not waiting for anything. It's time to stop dreaming and just go to New Zealand. I have a very low threshold for action. I love adventure. Start planning your trip at NewZealand.com. 100% New Zealand. And I've got to tell you, watch our show on SBS because you will want to go and ride bikes with your family and your, your partner or whomever in New Zealand. It is absolutely beautiful. Now, I've got a great, I've got a great text here before we get into Jammo. Mm. Fellas, Top Gun Maverick. I'm viewing it number two at IMAX, and it's not a film; it's an experience. Keep up the great works, says Alex. Now, is that a f- I saw Top Gun Maverick yesterday for yes. the second time. Oh, you have to watch it it's at the least twice. Greatest film ever. It's fantastic. It. It's, it's fantastic. It is the pure escapism to just go and watch a classic action film. It was amazing. Now for some more escapism, it's Jamo with his off the bench segment. Simon Jamison runs Quality Bicycle Repairs, which is one of the most, I think, high-quality bicycle repair places in the world and, of course, <laughs> was the owner of legendary Vic MTB in the 90s, the mountain bike mecca. That's... Jamo, you there? I'm here, Duda. How are you? This is very different to what he says behind your back, Jamo. <laughs> I'm not worried about that. We'll sort that out later. How are you going, boys? Yeah, we're good, Jamo. Actually, we've got another caller on the line I think might be wanting to chat to you. Who have we got there? we got a caller there? We don't have a caller. Oh, they've gone. <laughs> they, they obviously have had the service from oh, here. The they're, they're trapped inside the computer. We're not really. We're not up with the technology, Jamo. You banned them again. <laughs> hey, first of all, boys, congratulations on the new time slot and being live. Wow. Yeah, and we actually uh, did a bit, bit better at timekeeping, so you've got more than 10 <laughs> seconds this week. Yeah, thanks, Peter. That was last week was the, the shortest guest appearance in radio history. <laughs> It's a quick intro and an even quicker outro. <laughs> I know, and it's terrible because we usually have to cut you short, you know, your 10-minute segments. But no, even, now, it's, it, you've rebranded this time around. You've gone from, you know, terrific tech tips to stories from the bench because I think it's giving you a slightly wider canvas to draw from. Oh, I've got plenty to talk about. What have you got? got? Plenty to talk about. Well, it's been, it's been a big couple of weeks, hasn't it, in cycling? Jay, Jay Henley won the Giro. He did. On a, Shimano, on a Shimano Dura Ace equipped bike. You know what we say. If it's not Shimano, it's... Mm. It's not as good. <laughs> <laughs> it's beep. <laughs> yes. 13 out of the last 20 winners have been on Shimano equipped bikes. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I guess that is interesting. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, also second Australian, I find, to win a Grand Tour. I love that. Uh, and yes. he's been a bit under the radar, old Jai Hindley. So it's good to see him uh, get that Very win. Much. Yeah, astonishing. And, you know, what's what's he got in store for us in the future? Can't wait to see it. Now, we also saw our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, on yes. riding a bike. Yes, uh, a bamboo Joe bike Kobe in Bodo. Indonesia. Yes, I saw yeah, that. A bamboo bike. Yeah. The frame is made of bamboo, apparently. I would have felt. 
Yeah, a yes, bit, so, bit dangerous. Well, maybe. You're, you're probably like me, Vandy. I always get asked, well, what's the best frame material? Is it steel, aluminium, titanium, carbon, and now bamboo? <laughs> but my answer to that question is that I, I always say I competed with equal lack of success on all of those materials. Yes, well, it doesn't really matter, it. does it? Um, yeah. Not, not so much. I can't imagine bamboo is the best material, but I think it's good. I'm I'm sceptical. I'm sceptical. I think it's good that Albanese is getting out there on a bike in a foreign country. Like he's he's a bit of of sense of adventure. You know, we had um, Josh Frydenberg, you know, keen cyclist on the show. I wonder if we can get Albanese on. I'm going to try for. I'm going to try for getting the prime minister. <laughs> you've just, you've got Peter's like a dog my, with a bone when it comes to my, a guest. He's like, do you reckon we're getting the prime goal. minister of Australia? He's, he probably doesn't have much to do. He's just chilling out at the moment. <laughs> yeah, he's got much on his plate, has he? He's riding bamboo well, bikes. Look, look what we did for for Josh Roddenberg's career. Yes, I know. Yeah, it's... We can get we can get Albanese on. Well, he's got more time to ride now, at least I suppose. <laughs> so, what do you got for us this week? Give us a story. Well. Yeah, just quickly, I was just going to talk about cold, wet conditions. And I keep getting asked, how do you clean your bike after a wet ride? You know, especially if you're out on the, the gravel bike parts. Um, what, how do you clean your bike, Bandy? How do I clean my bike? Uh, well, yeah, do, not do as regularly <laughs> as I should, but uh, yeah, yeah, definitely get out uh, get out the hose, get out a bucket of soapy water, and uh, yeah, an old dustpan exactly. brush is usually good enough yeah. for me. And uh, Leave the pressure washer right where it is. That's right. Um, I, think, I think a bucket of warm water with a, a little, little bit of detergent or, or car wash in it. Slosh the bike down. And then the thing to do is, is get it dry as quickly as possible and get some oil on the chain. So that's the, you know, that's an abbreviated basic idea of what you need to do. But get the bike dry as quickly as you can. A lot of rusty chains out there after winter, which uh, I, oh, yeah. I oh. you just you just do the old shake of the head when somebody walks into your store, don't you, Gemma? Oh yeah, it's always it's always a drama. Um, you, you know, you can run a clean rag over the chain too, you know, to get all the all the moisture and gunk off, and then get some oil on there. And of course, don't get any lubricant or oil near the brake rotors if you've got disc brakes. That's just absolutely crucial. So no spray lubricants or spray polishes or anything like that if you've got disc brakes. No. Once the brakes are contaminated, you have to throw them in the bin and go it's, and buy some new brake pads. It's, it's all, all over. It's all over. Did, um, <laughs> Jam, have you ever raced in New Zealand? I haven't. No. You haven't. Well, well, let's talk about that next week, Chama. That's it for Trail Towns Radio for this week, Mandy. <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening. 100% New Zealand. Yeah, we'll be back next week. We will be back next week chatting more about mountain biking, more about bicycle tourism.